Hello and good day, beautiful, marvelous Earth family. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I hope that wherever you are on this planet that you are doing well, and I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, positive intents, your way to you, your family, your friends, and everybody you love. We've got a tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have my friend on, Alec Zek, and we are talking about health, freedom for humanity, and the way forward. Uh, Alec is an awesome guy. He is a go-getter. Um, we're very similar-minded in a lot of ways. He is the executive executive director and founder of Health Freedom for Humanity. And uh, we cover a lot of very important um, topics in this episode. We talk about Alex's uh, challenging upbringing. Um, his mother, Ali Zek, was on the uh, podcast as well. And I invite everybody to check out that episode with Ali Zek. It's amazing. We talk about the work of Kelly Brogan, um, how he had women in his life heal naturally when the medical system had no solutions for them. We talk about the insane levels of censorship, Dr. Lee Merritt's presentation, the power of regenerative farming, um, questioning is this World War III, going deep on the United States military, the Iron Mountain Report. We talk about um, why they can't infringe on free will, why he's uh, optimistic, why they're crashing the system, and why we have to take a leap of faith. Uh, we also uh, dive deep into virology and the Spanish flu and um, you know the difference between germs theory and terrain theory in a very simple way. So this is a fantastic episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, if you do, please share it far and wide. Um, anywhere you can to get the word out. It's really helpful. Uh, please take a moment to go to iTunes and leave a review um, because the censorship is completely bonkers. And if you want to go to mattbelair.com and support this show directly, you can do that by becoming a member. You can do so by donation. There's a few donation options there in the membership and also for free if you can't afford it. That's where all the shows are backed up so you can listen and uh, download the episodes as well so you can have them right on your computer. Um, so it's a way I'm backing up the show because they have deleted Patreon. So if you were contributing on Patreon, if you wanted to go there instead, that would be absolutely uh, incredible and very helpful. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you to my sponsor. This episode is brought to you by thegoodinside.com. If you go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt B, M-A-T-T-B, you will get a bottle of the Heavy Metal Detox Advanced Zeolite for $50 off. So it only comes to $13. It is a fantastic remedy for getting and having a heavy metal detox protocol in your body because heavy metals are absolutely everywhere. They have things like green juice and um, other fantastic formulas. So um, I'm grateful for their sponsorship. So if you want to check that out, you can get a massive discount and I uh, appreciate them supporting the show. For those of you guys who are interested in leveling up and you want to handle everything that's going on in this world with a sense of optimism and community and resilience and you want to learn about living your life purpose and doing this with very powerful people who are supporting for you know supporting you and your success who are encouraging you um you know check out the soul compass course check out the quantum heart hypnosis experience and also check out the atomic alchemy coaching group um basically everything is designed on knowing who we are under the creator developing our spiritual sight our intuition our connection with the creator and living our life purpose with you know no um we got no compromise, you know, knowing who we are and moving towards our life purpose and making the biggest impact we can um, leave here on a planet and, and living up to our full potential. So if that is the type of training and community you want to be around, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com or mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And I'd love to share with you some of the support training tools that are available for you to do just that. So, um, and this includes, you know, overcoming limiting beliefs and all the stuff around peak performance as well. So um, that's it. Uh, uh, 
what else? Oh, check out me. Uh, check out the links on uh, Telegram, t.me forward slash Matt Belair. And uh, YouTube is back for now, but Telegram and the email list is best. So that's it. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, courage, faith, resilience, power, connection, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely incredible episode with Alec Zek. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are overcoming extreme censorship. If you want to support this show, please share it as far and as wide as possible. Go to mattbelair.com and become a member for free or by no, by donation. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a speaker, writer, activist, and former army captain. He is the executive director and founder of Health Freedom for Humanity, a nonprofit whose mission is to unite people from all walks of life under one common purpose, the reclamation and defense of health freedom. He is the co-founder of The Way Forward and received his BS in systems engineering from the United States Military Academy at West Point. Welcome to the show, Alec Zek. Thanks for having me, dude. You, can I cuss on here? Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. Go get <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like, that's the first thing I ask. I, I don't know. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You can cuss. Go for it. Because <laughs> I just thought in my head, like, BS uh, in systems engineering. I'm like, yeah, BS. That's exactly right. Because I don't want to read it like that, too. You think you'd short it. I was actually, when I was reading the bio and just reading it, I was like, they should make that something else. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting, man. You're, you know, your background is, if, I'm so glad to have you on the show because we've been meaning to do this for a while and you've just been kind of crushing it for so long you know you're one of the my peers i think that's been just doing such a great job hasn't really taken the foot off the gas since the beginning of this and has taken action in the best way you know how which has turned out to be absolutely phenomenal and epic um so i've been enjoying everything that you've done so why don't you just give a little bit of your background uh, with the audience because it's fascinating and and i love everything that you're doing and you just held your first um in in meeting or well, in person in person event, yeah 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 so yeah just tell tell the audience who is unfamiliar with who you are a little bit about yourself yeah so uh aside from the bio that matt read um so i i grew up in an environment that was extremely chaotic in, a, in an abusive household my dad was just repeating patterns of generational abuse and my mom was very codependent at the time and because of the uh abuse that was also being inflicted upon my mom um, when my dad went to rehab my mom went to go see a psychiatrist uh, you know, we always assume that these psychiatrists are the experts practicing, quote, evidence-based medicine. And this psychiatrist that my mom went to see didn't mention anything about the trauma that she had experienced, anything about nutrition, anything about mindfulness, anything like that. It was a 15-minute discussion, a quick survey, and then my mom was prescribed multiple benzodiazepines and SSRIs, so multiple psychotropic medications. And over the course of the next really 10 years, my mom's health spiraled out of control and she became worse and worse and worse. I think she's been on your podcast, actually. Yeah. So my mom's Ali Zek. So for anyone wanting wanting to know, that's that's my mother. Yeah. And that was so, a great show, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's pretty badass. So I always say that she's one of the bad most badass grandmas, if not the most badass grandma that I know, cause I have two kids. So she is a grandma, <laughs> but, uh, so she, uh, yeah, so she, her health spiraled out of control and I, I, I got to witness that growing up. And like, so not only was I abused by my dad and neglected by my mom, but then my mom, uh, her health was, was spiraling in, uh, in the down moments. And it was really dark. The down moments where she would not leave her room for multiple weeks at a time, hallucinating, thinking that I was uh, her dad and she was her 13 year old self again um, in and out of psych hospitals with multiple suicide attempts in psych hospitals. And in the down moments, we were like, oh my goodness, she just needs to go back to the doctor, the expert and get on different drugs. And then in the up moments, and there was some up moments where we're like, oh my God, she's back. Like, okay, this will be the first time she's back. Like she's finally back the drugs are working and that would only remain for about a month. And then she'd spiral back down again. But in the up moments, we thought, oh my goodness, the drugs are working. Yes, like this is perfect. And basically that continual up, down, up, down, it was sort of like up a little bit, really far down, up a little bit, even further down. And that's like the trajectory. We were looking for a long-term facility to put her in in 2016. Like we were, my siblings and I had already come to the conclusion that like, look, we're not going to have our mom back who she was 10 years ago. This is how she's always going to be. She might show signs of it, but it's misleading. It's not, she's not that way anymore. She's just messed up. We don't really know what it is. Um, we need to find a like way to institutionalize her because this is just going to cause us pain or she's going to succeed in a suicide attempt. And uh, by chance, a therapist that she was seeing at the time was reading a book called A Mind of Your Own by Dr. Kelly Brogan. And this therapist was like, hey, this book just came out. This this psychiatrist is amazing. She doesn't practice in the traditional way. I think you should make an appointment to go see her in New York. And it was perfect because I was going to school in New York and I was graduating a few weeks from this point. So the same weekend of my graduation, my mom made an appointment to go see Dr. Kelly Brogan, the quote, pseudoscientific quack that spreads, quote, misinformation, right? And uh, Kelly essentially told my mom, Allie, you are not this label. You're not that label. You're not any of these labels. You have trauma that you need to heal. These psych drugs are making you worse. Uh, you need to focus on food as a source of medicine, as, as nutrition for your body. You need to just reframe your whole life into a more holistic approach. And in a matter of four to six months, uh, you know, the trauma started surfacing again because she had always stuffed that down. She was having to face it for the first time. But in a matter of four to six months, my mom began showing sides of herself that she hadn't in 10 years when she was under the care of experts. Right. So that was a lot of cognitive dissonance for me, but it didn't stop there. So my wife, who I just married at the time, was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis nine years previous to us getting married. And she was under the care of multiple rheumatologists who were practicing again evidence-based medicine, right? These experts and these experts continually told my wife that she was going to live this way forever. There's nothing that she could really do. She's going to have to try different, different immunosuppressive drugs, this, this, and that. She was always going to be chronically inflamed. And all we could really do was take some drugs to mask the symptoms. And those drugs led to more side effects, which led to other drugs. And she was just on this, you know, uh, this uh, wheel of pharmaceutical products like everyone else's. And after we saw my mom, beginning to heal we were like let's try the same thing with you let's just see if it works and so we began tapering my wife off of all of her lupus and rheumatoid arthritis medications and began adopting the approach of this quote pseudoscientific quack 
in a matter of like four months, my wife was off all medications and went to go see a rheumatologist and her uh, ESR, the, the inflammation levels in her blood were normal for the first time in 10 years. And uh, so these two experiences, which happened to two people that I love, completely rocked my world. And I began obsessively researching at that point, and also a lot of introspective work. And then uh, essentially, the best way to describe it is when when COVID hit um, around April or May of 2020, I began speaking and it's because the world was facing uh, narcissistic abuse, manipulation, gaslighting by, uh, you know, these industries by government. I had faced that with my own dad at the at, at the microcosmic level, if you will. And I had already seen the harmful effects of people blindly trusting experts in allopathic medicine, and then the power of a natural holistic approach to healing. So all those things combined, I began speaking in May of 2020, because I could not speak. I was like, I, I have to speak now. Um, I just knew that it was right. And since speaking, I've sort of uh, exploded. And a lot of people resonate with what I say, and then formed an organization on top of that. So that's, that's essentially it. That's amazing, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so cool to see the two uh, real life stories and uh, Kelly Brogan has been on this show before. So I think I spent uh, since last May, May last year interviewing all the quacks, you know, and um, you know, you and I would go back and we just want to know what the root is, right? If something is successful, why is it successful? And if something is not working, then there's something there. And when you find the money trail and the misinformation and go all the way down to germ theory versus terrain theory, one, one thing starts to make a lot of sense, uh, sense. And that's why we like the work of Dr. Bear Lando and Dr. Andrew Kaufman as well. And even in this community of people who are quote unquote healers or naturopaths or however you want to label them, their goal is to heal people. Right. And that's what Kelly Brogan's goal was. She was seeing that people weren't being healed by, you know, she's a straight A student, really brilliant, and it's not working. So if we want to heal these people, what is actually going to work? And then you uncover and turn around, it, it turns out that maybe medicine is not what you thought it was. And there are other tools. And with this whole uh, scandemic scenario, which is why I'm deleted and you continuously get deleted hilariously with new, you know, Instagrams and things like that. You know, I think you've got to be the only person that is probably more censored than me, but then I'll look and like, Oh, he's got the followers again. Then boom, just deleted. Um, Cause you're so over the target. Right. And very well spoken. And um, you know, you're not coming from a, like an angry place. It's just like, look, you need to make more sense and, and answer this question. And if you can, great. That's a better piece of information. I'll thank you for it because now my knowledge is increased. And so, you know, looking for health freedom for humanity and what you've been doing there is fantastic. So why don't you talk a little bit about that and then the in-person event that you put together? Yeah. So around November of 2020, um, I sort of saw a need for a, a grassroots movement, if you will, that was uniting people from all walks of life all races, religions, political affiliations, socioeconomic backgrounds, sexual orientations, genders, and perceptions on health. Like I, I saw a need for that because there is this narrative that uh, the only people who care about health freedom are quote, super far right-leaning Trump supporters or QAnon conspiracy theorists. And I just knew fundamentally that that was not true whatsoever. Um, so I wanted to show that we are uniting from all walks of life with love. So I really originally gathered a few uh, other like doctors and uh, social media influencers and just said, Hey, let's, let's start a movement. And it, it exploded. 
And um, within a month and a half, we had hit pieces written about us in the Guardian and by the Guardian in the UK. It was pretty scary because at the time I was still in the army and I was taking a big risk and speaking out, but I felt so compelled to that I couldn't not speak out. And when that article came out in the Guardian, um, I got reprimanded pretty badly in the army for that. But luckily, I only had like four weeks left. My commander was just like, dude, just get out clean. And I was like, all right, fine. And then I got, I got out. So it's all good now. So I can say whatever I want. But um, yeah, so leading up to our event. So l- let me back up. Our, the, the way we approach things, not that it's like different or like, uh, you know, better than any other health freedom related organization, because it's not. But the way we approach things is always with love, compassion and understanding. And that's the way I always approach things in my personal uh, dealings or you know, posting on social media or speeches that I give. And because of that, we're massively successful and we're effective at, at, you know, first off dismantling the narrative, but also getting people who cannot see to effectively see, because we, we focus on turning them back to their own observations and experiences. We provide them information. We show that, Hey, like all of us are all over here, black people, white people, gay people, straight people, like doesn't matter. Republicans, Democrats, non-political people like me, Um, who think the whole thing is BS. But the whole point is like, we're uniting people from all walks of life. And ever since launching Health Freedom for Humanity, I mean, our Instagram has been deleted three times. Our YouTube has been deleted. Eventbrite removed our event from Eventbrite. And that was all within a three-day span too. So the third time we were deleted from Instagram, first time we were deleted from YouTube, and then being deleted from Eventbrite was all within a three-day span when we were really trying to raise awareness for our event. Um, and the censorship that we face has been pretty crazy. So I'll, I'll touch on that real quick too. So like, obviously that happened and, the uh, the, our executive deputy executive director, Katie, who runs our, uh, Instagram account, her personal account was deleted at the same time. And then her husband's Instagram account, who's not even on the same device, just under the same roof was also deleted when our Instagram account was deleted. So then my personal account was deleted. My mom's account was deleted. Several health and free many people's accounts were deleted. You know the deal. You've faced it a hundred times too. So you know how it goes. But where it gets pretty crazy is I made a backup. It grew to 25,000 because we made this web of, you know, influencers. When one of us gets deleted, all the other ones just share their backup and then they're back up to at least a good portion of where they were before. And my backup grew to 25,000 in like four days. That was deleted again. So I was like, dang, this is, this is crazy. And my, you know, my like modus operandi has always been to come back to, to these platforms, even though I despise them, because that is actually how we're like changing the hearts and minds of the people who cannot see. Like, I love Telegram. I love the community I have on Telegram, but it's all people who already get it. So it's an echo chamber and it's good because I can focus more on solutions and stuff there rather than, you know, dismantling the narrative. But it's like, I'm always going to come back to Instagram. So I was in a new location on a new device using a VPN with a brand new email address, no identifying pictures or anything like that. Go to create a new account, go through all the steps, click create. Upon creation, it says your account has been disabled for 30 days. (laughs) So that was pretty creepy. (laughs) So I go on my telegram and I like make a video saying, Hey, I, you know, I've always wanted to come back to Instagram because of what I just shared with you. Um, but I, I can't, I don't know what I could do differently. Like somehow they're still figuring out that it's me. This is so crazy. And then Katie, our deputy executive director, who was running the, our Instagram account was trying to make accounts on friends, phones, like a bunch of things. And it wasn't working. It would delete her immediately too. We're just like, what is going on? 
So then I like sat back and thought for like 25 minutes and I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to cover up the camera on the computer. Like there's no way that that's going to work. Like, but I, I covered up the camera on the computer that I was on, go through the exact same process with the VPN and all that click create and it works. <laughs> so then I make a video highlighting that and then write an article in green med info Sayer let me write an article because he saw that happen. And then Katie, our deputy executive director, sees that it works for me, covering the camera with a VPN and everything. She does the same thing. It works for her. So she just now, she's now back on Instagram for the first time. And I just tried it again yesterday, making our new Health Freedom for Humanity Instagram account. And I tried it on this computer right here. And upon creation, it says account has been disabled for 30 days. I'm just like, this is crazy. So then I go use my brother's phone with, and put a VPN, turn a VPN on, cover the camera, and it allows me to create a new account. And in order to have Instagram right now, I have to have my camera covered on this phone. This is my non-Instagram phone. This is my Instagram phone. And I have a, a new account on there. And that's how I use Instagram now. It's crazy. But we're... <laughs> that is so nuts. It's, it's kind of frightening, you know, when you... When you um realize that this technology you know works and they're using facial recognition and we we know about like the end goal of this technocracy and i had uh, zach Voorhees on who's a google whistleblower um you know talking about the documents that he leaked from in there and how exactly they're using the algorithms calling it machine learning fairness um so it's uh, ridiculous. Well, what it, I guess the media question, which might be a side note. So bring me back if you want to kind of keep going on something else and we should talk about the event. But yeah. my thought is, you know, we look at the technocracy, you know, about Klaus Schwab's books, you know, about what's happening very clearly, you know, about the world economic forum and the world health organization and the insane, unmistakable corruption. It is what it is. It's verifiable in every way. It just, it is happening and they do have an agenda. So it's kind of frightening. So if we look at this social credit system and all that kind of stuff. And you, you focus on the way forward and solutions being in the military. And I have a lot of questions about that too. Um, do you feel, do you feel, do you feel hopeful? Do you like, how do you look at this and just get smoked by it and be like, okay, they're amping up all their technologies for kind of war purposes and censorship and things like that. Um, how do you stay positive and does it make you concerned or how do you feel about it? Dude, it is, uh, when it first happened, obviously I was pretty freaked out. Like, of course, like, cause it was like, we all know facial recognition is real, but when it happens to you, it's like, Oh my God. And then at first I was like, there's maybe it was a fluke. Like maybe it was a fluke, but then our deputy executive director, it works for her when she covers up her camera. I'm just like, Oh my goodness. And I, you know, I wrote about this in the article that I wrote in green med info where I was like, like, why me? Like, I'm just some random 29 year old white dude. Like, what's <laughs> like, why are they so, you know, afraid of me or they're like attacking me? And that's the reason I am just a 29 year old white dude. I am just a random ass dude, but I understand my inherent power and I understand my path and I have, am not afraid to speak, but I do so from position of love and compassion and understanding. And I'm always empowering people, even the ones who cannot see to turn back to their own observations, experiences, and intuition. And if they come to a position that's diametrically opposed to mine, good. At least they turn back to themselves. And that's the most important thing. And because I operate in that way, and I'm empowering other people to operate in that way, that is very scary to their narrative. So I think that's why they continually come after me. And I, 
you know, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of it at all. I'm actually very uh, empowered by it. Cause it's like, wow, my methods are working so well that they're afraid of some random ass 29 year old white dude from Kansas. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love that. And I, I think that the way that you do approach it on Instagram, it's very factual and it has come from a compassionate uh, space and what they want, you know, when you're looking at divide and conquer, they want conflict, right. And that's the whole political thing and, and this and that, and, you know, just every single way that they can divide and conquer is going to be helpful for the people who are using that to their aim. You know, and yes. what we have to really do is unite. We've seen, I saw this, I posted this funny video on Telegram of this. It says like this old timer, how to handle the corruption. And they said, if you're not vaccinated by Friday, um, you know, everybody's fired. Right. And then everybody just walked off the job and like, okay, wait, 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 whoops. You know, but that's, that's united. And, and it really takes a strong person to, you know, go it alone and, and risk it all. But when we're together, we really um, figure that out. So if you have to do it alone, I still think you should maybe well consider it because you have families and stuff like that i'm not gonna tell you what to do but i understand the courage it takes but i do feel like you'll find a solution and that there are other people out there that want to support people like that so i guess in the the same question but on the bigger agenda of how you think see things trending if they are going to use all of these technologies we're aware of do you think that they can be successful or do you think the success you've seen just in your world just shows that this system is not going to work and it's going to fall on its head this is actually a really good question uh, that relates somewhat to happened to what happened at our event, actually. So obviously, like it was really, really difficult to raise awareness for our event because we were to platform from everywhere. You can't even type in our website on Instagram or Facebook at all. If you type in our websites immediately flagged as a, as a link link that is a spam or harmful misinformation or whatever, which is just so crazy. So it was really hard to raise awareness for our event, but with despite the title, that, with the title health freedom, you know, dangerous <laughs> misinformation, you know, you Dude, know, that. it's, it's yeah. crazy. And it was cool. Cause despite that, um, and you know, it, it fluctuates on the charts, but at the time that this was all happening a week prior to our event, our podcast broke into the top 25 in health and fitness on, on Apple, which is just like, amazing we're above sanjay gupta's podcast for a little bit which made me so happy um but uh you know so the, the event was in kansas city kansas city had a mask mandate in place um and the facility that we're using the kansas city convention center is a city facility so it's owned by the city governed by the city we made them aware of our stance from the very beginning we said you know like we are our organization is about the, respecting the individual's right to choose what is best for their health. And we know in the United States, 21 U.S. Code 360 BBB-3 states that uh, anything approved under emergency use authorization cannot be mandated, meaning that it is the right of the individual to choose whether they want to do it or not. No matter what mandates or ordinances or any of the city things say, it is the right of the individual to choose. And their masks in the United States have been under emergency use authorization since 24th, April, 2020. So we know by the law that we were in the right. So the whole first day of the event, it, it was amazing. Amazing, man. Like again, a manifestation of what we're about. People from literally all walks of life gathered together, uh, listening to speakers speak. Jimmy Levy, who's who has the number one song on Apple right now for in, in dance, his song Matrix. And also the number one hip hop song right now, um, This Is A War, which are very conscious songs. 
uh, opened up for us at our event and it was just phenomenal. Um, I might, I actually have the after movie. Maybe we could screen mirror and, and, and play that. It's at some point on this episode. It's, it's really powerful, but so the, uh, the first day of the event was, was, was amazing. And, you know, a lot of the workers that were there had masks on that worked for this, the convention center and they, none of us did, none of the audience did. Actually, actually there's, there's a few people that attended the event that were wearing masks. And this is actually a really powerful testament to how we approach things. Um, I'll go ahead and segue or go off on a tangent here and I'll come back to the event. So the, one of the ladies that showed up and was wearing a mask, nobody said anything to her. Everyone was very accepting and loving of like, okay, that's, that's her right. And she was attending the event. She was wearing a mask by the end of day one, by her on her own, she took off the mask. I saw her walking around without it. And day two, she comes up to me and says, Alec, I, you know, I am just so blessed by this event. It was so eye-opening for me. I really thought of uh, people that think like you guys as, as you know, crazy, but I, I had a friend who told me that I should go attend this event just to see what it's like. And by the end of day one, I understood that you are all about love and compassion and respecting everyone's choices. And I was wearing a mask the whole first day and I, you know, decided to take it off. And I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you and your organization are doing. And that's what it's about, man. We weren't, you know, you sheep take off your mask. What are you doing? Like none of that. It's just that, okay, that's her choice. Let's embody our philosophy and speak boldly about our philosophy, but let them come to their own conclusion. And then that's how, how it happens. That's like unity in action. That's empowering people in action, but back to the original story. So the whole first day of the event went well at three o'clock, on the first day, we get approached by the city health department saying that we are in violation of the mask ordinance, that they had two, quote, anonymous complaints. So they essentially said, you need to get everyone at your event to comply, or we're shutting it down in two hours. And we basically said, like, look, they are complying because there's a mask mandate in place. The signs are posted all over the building. There's a sign inside, like right next to our registration table that says masks required um per city ordinance blah 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 but the reality is we know 21 us code 360 bbb-3 states and then we went into that whole thing and uh they never came to shut the event down like they said they were and we also had our attorney present that sent them an 11 page notice saying if you do any of these things you will be held liable because and we highlighted exactly where we were lawfully correct um and we we know that we are and at 10:38 p.m it was very apparent that they never read the notice because they replied to us, event terminated, event canceled, doors will be locked tomorrow morning, um, and uh, you are in breach of contract, essentially. So obviously that put me in a, like, uh, state, a quick state of fear for a second where I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We have a whole second day for this event. I was looking at parks in the area on Google Maps. Um, trying to figure out exactly like what we're going to do. Got my brother's speaker and microphone that he used when he DJed, uh, brought that with me in my car, showed up at 6.30. The doors were locked with signs all over them, says HFFH symposium canceled, contact Health Freedom for Humanity for refund information. I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. But then it became apparent that they did this, that morning read the notice that we sent them because despite them canceling the event, the event court or the uh, project manager that was assigned to us came up to us and was like, 
oh my God, how, how can we help you guys make this successful? Like, what can we do? We're not allowing you guys back in here. We've already like shut you out and like turned everything off, but what can we do to help you? We're like, well, you know, we still have 700 people here for our event. We still have 13 speakers that need to speak. Um, how can you help facilitate this? And they're like, well, there's a park across the street that we also own. Um, can we set you up there? And we are like, okay, cool. So we set up in the park across the street and I was pretty down, man. I was like, wow, I, I feel like I let a, a lot of people down with this. Um, we didn't successfully, because we could have fought it legally right there, right? Or lawfully right there. But then we, we have a whole event, a whole, like we would have missed out on the event had we focused on that solely. So we're like, put this on the back burner. Let's just get the event done. So we moved it outside across the street and it ended up being 10 times better, dude. Like way better because we're out in nature in the heart of the city. Our voices are reverberating off of all the buildings around us. People who weren't even at the event never had tickets. They were just walking by some masks, some not. So, you know, what's this event about? And came up and sat down and listened to some of the speakers. And it was extremely powerful. The media showed up and was filming us. So that was good. Um, I don't know if they ever showed it, but the point is we actually took action on what we stand for in that moment, right? Society rejected us. They kicked it. They kicked us out. So what do we do? We take our act outside and go form our own society, essentially, like in a little small act. And it ended up being even more successful, even more powerful. And everyone at the event was walking around saying, this is actually way better than being inside. And that's hard to top because day one inside was amazing. Amazing. So that's what happened with our event. And it was Dude, it was, it was just magical. Can I show the video real quick, actually? Is that cool? Yeah, pull it up. Yeah, I love that. I love that story because I feel like it encompasses so, um, so much of what many people will be going through. Like, you know, you take action, even though you're getting deleted and you don't know what's going to happen. You, you fight to get the event out and you know that the city might be fully corrupt. And that's what these people are doing. Yeah. You know, you're lawfully correct, but these people who don't understand are being uh, corrupt and you know even to the point of, of doing notices which is powerful yeah. so had they read that notice guaranteed they <laughs> kicked you out you know what i mean because now if you choose to you can go bung them up for damages you know what i mean and be like we gave you the notice uh you acted unlawfully now here's some damages you chose that and ho hold the men and women responsible um but as that ad adaptation happens it becomes greater and it's almost like um, the world spirit, nature, God, creator, whatever you want to say, like that, the force of what is right is also assisting. It's greater than you and I, you know, if we had the button to change the world, we, we would, but we're going to do our piece to the best of our ability. And it's going to require this faith and this balance of action yeah. and then seeing how we're going to respond to the challenges of our society. So I think that that's a, just a very beautiful uh, example of doing a, even a big scale with the whole event, 700 people, you know, that's a lot of way. Like, what am I going to get DJ equipment, right? All kinds of things. Dude, it was, yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot to plan as it is. And that was what was so cool is there is a, you know, seasoned event planner that was in attendance at the event. And he came up to me on day two and he was like, brother, like, I already know that planning an event as it is, is a lot, like a lot. So I respect you for that. But to transition, given what has happened today into day two and it being even better is, I, I give you so much props for that. And it was, it was really cool to hear that. And it was, it was amazing that everyone was just so, you know, loving and, and united and felt empowered even despite what happened on us being kicked out. So it was just, it was amazing. So I'm going to, I'm going to play the video real quick. It's, it's powerful, man. So can you, can you see the screen? 
Yeah, just make sure you click optimize for audio. Remember that? Oh, where is that at? Uh, get out, and then when you when you go to share it, um, oh, actually, okay. you, you'll see an optimize for audio when you go to screen share. You okay. It, it should say. Uh, Got it. Bottom, yeah, yeah. That'll play a little bit better. Okay. There you go. It's not about you. You came here for somebody else. So you're going to go put your hands and your heart and your voice on as many people as you possibly can. That's where he got kicked out. There can be no you without me. You cannot appear outside of me. All of you beautiful people are arising within me. And I, I see right away, I see hugging. So obviously it's going to be banned and shadow banned and, you know, dangerous content for people, you know, getting together. You should have seen the bullshit that was going on in propaganda for Canada over Thanksgiving. Like, unless you're back, like they had all these different rules that if you're vaccinated, you know, you know, we can get together, but if there's an unvaxxed, you're going to have to like, you know, ban them or maybe not have them come or whatever the case is. It's so, so ridiculous. But that lineup of people, holy crap, man, you got the, you got the, the best crew possible, Dr. Uh, Kerry Made. Who else was there? Did, was that Bruce Lipton or, or? No, that was Garrett Kramer. So we had Dr. Kerry Made, um, Dr. Chris Northrup, Dr. Ben hey, Tapper. Hey, buddy, go, go. I think your mic disconnected. Oh. It'll give you, it'll give um, you on the screen share. You sound not as good as before. Oh, Oh yeah, Garrett Kramer, he's great. I was on uh, some, I was some I think we were on that together. Um, yeah. Can you hear me now? Am I good? It's the same thing. Go to the go to the mic there and look at Yeah, I I set the preferences. How about now? I think it's better. Is that good? Yeah, it's better. There you go. Okay, cool. That was weird. It was on the same mic. Uh so yeah, we had Dr. Chris Northrup, Dr. Kerry Made, uh Kevin Jenkins, Dr. Ben Tapper, um Crystal Tini. Who else? Uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, that one was, she, her presentation, it, it'll be available for, for purchase for anyone who didn't see it. That, that presentation was 
amazing. She just goes deep into how the vaccine is a, is a bioweapon and all the science and data behind it. And she's very well researched. Um, we had a whole panel or a whole like section on regenerative agriculture with Rob Herring, who's a documentary filmmaker on soil health and regenerative agriculture. And then uh, Rob Reiner, who has an app called CropSwap, where you can essentially subscribe to a local regenerative farm and have the food delivered directly to your doorstep. And we had Nick Wallace, who uh, is a regenerative farmer himself. So that was really powerful. We had Robert Michael, who spoke on uh, status correction and uh, setting up PMAs or PBOs and killing your straw man, which was really powerful, pretty shocking to a lot of people who had never ventured into that stuff before. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about the birth certificate and everything, which is, I was just watching the audience like, ah, yeah, that was, that was really good. Um, It was just, dude, more than the speakers, man, was the community of people coming together. It was just so powerful and it's almost strange. Like, obviously I'm, I'm very pleased with what we're doing in the digital domain. And obviously that in-person thing couldn't have happened if it wasn't for us uniting in the digital domain. But after this weekend and after speaking at several events lately in Wisconsin and Minnesota and other places, I am so much more empowered to do things uh, in person on a community level more than ever. And I think that's how we beat this, if you will. We have to be uniting and gathering in person and not saying no to the system, just turning our back to the system. No implies there's still a contract in place that you're still contracting with them, a yes or no. No implies there still could be a yes. There is no yes or no. We're taking our pieces off of the Monopoly board, moving over here, turning our back to the system and just going our own way and forming our own communities. And that's that's what we need to be doing right now. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge thing is to get in person. And I heard that all the revolutions, right? They were organized in the bars and the pubs. And, you know, when people are talking to each other, we can get to the bottom of things. And Europe, especially, they're very passionate people. You know, uh, families will kind of yell at each other and argue, but they're still families. And, you know, when you listen to somebody have an argument, right, we don't want to argue, but you argue with family, right? One person has better information. So when you, when I have had a discussion with someone that's led into an argument, if that, because we have opposing views, they can never present any good information for their point. So the more of us that, that engage in that and other people witness and be like, I just learned 10 things from this person that is saying the opposite of what I believe on the TV and the person arguing them, they, they didn't have any good points and they're going to see that. So there's a reason why they want to disconnect us. And, you know, all my training with indigenous elders, you know, three different, different ones, community was so important. Right. And even when I look at some of the stuff um, in the law summit and the Bible and the Christian values and stuff like that, it's not just Christian, it's many other things. It's more of like um, the war tactic of communism to break Mm -hmm. up the family unit right? A family unit is so strong. And then that will go to multiple family units of communities. Now, if everybody is a strong knit community, that's a real tough thing uh, to take over, to take control of, to steal the mines, to steal the resources, uh, to do whatever you want to them. So obviously in a war tactic, they they have that agenda. So um, I guess I'll shift because I'm curious your perspective on this. As I Look at what's going on. For me, this was clear that it was a war. And I remember like a week, the second that they did the lockdown, it actually went official in Canada. I was like, oh shit, this might be World War III. 
I was like, huh. Mm -hmm. And like over time, it just became more clear and more clear, you know, that this is actually what's going on because I've studied war and starvation, the Bolshevik revolution and wars and how these tactics are used. And really for a layman, you know, people just want more control. Right. And, and so being in the United States military, I've had like mixed feelings being a, a Canadian because I'm looking at some of the wars. I'm like, yo, I don't know if, about those ones. Right. Because you have the biggest, baddest military in the world. And if used for good, that's amazing. Right. If it's used to protect, if I have, you know, defense in my house and you're not going to come harm my family, that's great. And have defense in my community. Uh, and one one guy was telling me, I can't remember who I was, I was training martial arts with him. He's talking about some sort of um, Indian warriors somewhere and uh, they dress up and have like knives everywhere and they're, and they've never been conquered, but they never, ever, ever attack. Right. So, you know, they're just mm -hmm. warriors and it's unfortunate that we may need that in our society when people are scheming to take the things from you. So that's kind of like my long winded way to say, what is your view of this on a world scale kind of coming from the military perspective? Because my thought from doing the research is that the United States, if they want to implement a one world government, which is what I believe is their goal, um, they need to conquer the United States. And if you look at the Iron Mountain report from Kennedy, apparently it said, look, the problem we have with the United States is their strong middle class, their constitution and the strong family unit. We need to destroy all of those things, which they've done over time. If you look at Yuri Bezmenov and those other yeah. things, right? We need to infl you know, infiltrate that military. And one of the thoughts, if these <sighs> things are bioweapons, you get half your military to quit and then you get half your military to take this needle that may or may not, you know, I'm like, holy shit, like, wow, that would be brilliant. Right. And then, so maybe your government gets corrupt and issues it down. So then, oh my God, like, this is some serious shit here. And I'm just looking at it like that. I'm like, oh no, like, I don't want it to be that. So dude, that's kind of my two cents. What do you <laughs> Man, that's why I'm like smiling because it's, I've, so I'm in a, I'm in a group chat with 25. So I'm no longer in, thank God. I'm no longer in the army. I've been out since April, April 30th this year. Um, <laughs> thank God I'm out. But for, I have a lot of friends who are still in that I went to West Point with um, and have met in the army. Wait, and can you back is, isn't West Point like a badass thing? Is that one of like the, yeah. So like it's, the it's the number one, it's consistently like according to Forbes, whatever, um, the number one public uh, university in the United States, because anyone can, can get in if you're a U.S. citizen. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, foreign um, cadets who go to West Point and then they go to their respective military for their country. And it's like an honor for, you know, I don't know, like, Argentinian army to send their top like upcoming cadet to go to West Point for four years to train and there and become an officer through that means. But um, yeah, so I graduated from West Point in 2016, got out of the army in 2021 um, in April, served my minimum of five and then just got out as quick as, as I possibly could, which I'm very, very happy for. But I have a lot of friends who are still in and we're, I'm in a group chat with 25 officers from various branches of service, not just the army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard. And we've been discussing this very thing because the 25 that are in that chat have not complied with the, the mandate that is being imposed on the Department of Defense um, for the shot. And it is very apparent to all of us that this is an intentional thing where they're making the measures uh, so coercive and so illogical um, as officers in the army were taught to do individual risk benefit analyses 
and risk benefit, benefit analyses for our unit. And any way you look at it, no matter the angle, the risk benefit analysis uh, to receive this product or not for a generally healthy population of people in the military is completely says that you never, never would receive this. Like you would never force your entire unit to receive it. And despite that, um, all logic and all risk benefit analyses have been thrown aside, uh, apparently, because they are being so unbelievably coercive in the military and forcing soldiers to take this shot. And I exactly what you were saying, I think it's because they are trying to force out anyone who would stand up and say no to an unlawful or an unethical order. And for the ones who remain, they're intentionally weakening them, weakening them. They want weak compliant people who won't stand up to something that is unjust and who will just follow along and say so because they see their leadership above them. And they're like, oh, he must have done the risk benefit analysis. So I'm just going to assume that he's correct. And this is the right thing to do. So I'm going to tell all the people below me to do it too. It's a intentional calling of the military, like very, very, very apparent that it's intentional that they're weakening our military and also only leaving in people who would be obedient to unlawful or unethical orders. And it's really disturbing. Um, but this is not something that is new necessarily because the wars that we involved ourselves when specific, with, with specifically Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom had nothing whatsoever with preserving democracy or fighting for our freedoms. None of that is true whatsoever. Um, I'm sure you've looked into 9-11. I'm sure many of the people listening have looked into 9-11. And uh, if you haven't, I urge you to, because uh, the war on terror was a was an, a total farce. We had no business being over there. Um, and just like Matt, Matt was saying, I think the only purpose of a military, if there is one, is to defend your nation, to defend the people within your nation. And we have moved so far beyond that purpose we are no longer doing that. And I think if anything, we'll see here in the next few years, our military uh, doing things towards the population of people here that are standing up and saying no to things that are unlawful or unethical or immoral. Um, we'll, we'll be doing things towards them um, under the name of preserving freedom or preserving democracy or what have you, which is really disturbing. We already see that because in New York, the 70,000 healthcare workers that uh, said no, which was 16% of the healthcare workforce in New York State, um, they're replacing them with the National Guard, with the military. It is a perfect segue into implementing martial law in certain areas of the United States and sort of uh, military control. And I think that is exactly what is happening. Oh man, well that's depressing. I kind of, <laughs> I feel, I feel like that's what I'm viewing from over here, and was hoping that there'd be some insight or different information that would say, oh Oops. no, no, <laughs> right? Because you know, I still have my uh, my partner the other day. I was like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna believe. I'm gonna be a Q believer. Just be, it feels nice. It just, I, you know, how people have like schizophrenia. Yep. I'm like I'm just gonna believe it 100. Everything that's happening is perfect, and the military is in control. Um, but you know, really 
on a worldwide stage, if you, we look at the military and these in these forces, the greatest force is the creator and the unknown of this world. Yeah. We do know there's evil forces. We do know there's good forces. Um, if you look at NASA weapons, uh, for silent weapons for future wars, and this is a modern warfare tactic, and a lot of people have different views on how this is playing out. The good news about the United States is how it's architected is you have individual states that can uh, defend themselves very well. So I have a good friend of mine that works uh, for she gets government contracts for housing and with what they're doing in in the uh, southern border to Texas. That's also a war tactic, uh, mass immigration to get votes and destabilize a community. So that's what they're doing there. But she said that she could put the National Guard there to kind of defend that, even though it's coming from the federal government. Right. Which to me has been um, co-opted by the global just like the same in yep. Canada. Trudeau is, is friends with Soros and does whatever he says. Teresa Tam mm -hmm. is on the WHO board, which is all connected to this conglomerate of people who have an agenda that isn't really good for you and I. And so the nice thing about the United States is the Second Amendment, because even if um, they're able to do that, then they have to face the entire population. And, and it'll come to that point where if an officer is told to do that um, and they have massive feedback, there's, it's always much more uh, pushback. There's always much more strength in someone defending their family, defending what's true, standing on, on what's right and what's honorable versus somebody trying to um, take that from them. And that's why they need you to be defenseless because it, it's a lot easier to enforce tyranny. So the U.S. has the largest standing army in the world and it's not the U.S. Army. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, dude, I just saw this hilarious video. I don't even know why as I go through scrolling through uh, Telegram, right? And this and I when I when I and I was preface this when I was a kid, I was like, oh, Texas is like the worst. They got their guns and you know, all this. And I I'm just like this Canadian is like everybody can just get along. I'm young and naive and think that you know people are nice to each other. I don't really recognize that there's a lot of evil forces in the world just yet. Um, so there's this video, this guy, he's uh, talking to a cop and he goes. Hey, officer, he goes, uh, how many bullets you got? And the officer goes, like, on me? He goes, yeah. He's like, uh, on my belt? He goes, yeah. He's like, 15. And then he goes, ah, I got more than you. And then he goes, have a nice day. And I was like, that's amazing. And it's <laughs> like, that's, it just. Dude, I, so I have two AR-15s. I have a, a pistol. I have a crossbow. And I was living in Oklahoma when I bought one of my AR-15s. And this is how simple it is to buy a gun in Oklahoma. And I'm sure it's even more simple in Texas, just one state south. I walk in, give them my driver's license, and they say, okay, what one do you want? And there's a flamethrower for sale that shoots a ball, like a ball of fire like 20 feet off. There's a bunch of semiotic weapons, a few fully automatic weapons. I just pick what I want and buy it. That's amazing. Well, yep. <laughs> you know, and like I said, back in the day, I'd be like, oh man, we don't need guns like that and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when you realize that, and you look at the history of governments and these genocides and how genocides followed um, when they disarmed the people. This happened in China. This happened in Russia. Uh, now they tried, they did it in Australia. Now yeah. they can throw paint at them. And, and any good and honorable person wants a peaceful resolution. Yep. But if you're going to take their freedom away and their choice away, 
um, now they have an option to defend themselves. You know, as a martial artist, I don't go around kicking people's ass in the street when they bug me or offend me. The only time I'm going to use it is if you attack me and I now don't have a way out or there's for some reason I need to defend myself, then I have the capability to do so. And so I feel like the Second Amendment is is so massive in the States and I never really understood it. But you look at, okay, freedom of speech, that's number one, right? And then the second is the right to bear arms. Is that that's correct, right? So the first thing is to say what you want and that's been taken away. That's now gone. Right. And who is taking that away? Are they being held accountable? Um, then the second one is the right to bear arms, to defend yourself, to hunt, if you wish to, you know, because if you go out and use that gun to harm someone, you will be held accountable under law. And exactly. You've you committed and a trespass, no matter what type of law you're practicing, whether it's like you are still playing in the fictitious legal system with your corporate name that you have, that you were assigned um, with your birth certificate, or if you're doing it in a common or natural law uh, manner, regardless, if you commit a trespass against someone, that's wrong. That's objectively wrong. Yeah, exactly. And so with, with that kind of statement with the United States military kind of getting buckled here, uh, are you optimistic going forward? Or are you, I am, man, because because that to me sounds. To, if anyone listening to this, they go, "Oh shit!" You know, the U.S. Army is getting you know decimated. Then what are they going to do? I'm curious what's going to happen in Canada. Um, you, the U.N. <clears throat> troops are kind of a frightening thing. I have a friend of mine who's connected to our JTF2, which is uh, the Canadian version of Navy SEALs, basically. Mm-hmm. And he said that the Canadian military hates Trudeau. They're not going to do what he says. But if UN troops come on Canadian soil, he goes, we're going to smoke them with the standing military of the hunters of Canada and all the people who are not down with it. Right. So I was like, okay, yeah. he made me feel good. Um, so, but I was like, well, it's the same hear, with the US though. Like all, there, there is so many people who have said no to the shot. And then you have to think of the number of people who reluctantly took the shot. I had three friends who were tricked into receiving the shot because, you know, the, the news came out that Pfizer, which is true, Pfizer had a vaccine that was approved. But the reality is it's not the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. And that's the only one available. It's the Pfizer community vaccine. And that one's not available. So I had a lot of friends who took the shot and were tricked and didn't know that they still had the right, even as a a U.S. soldier, to say no. Um, And there's a lot of lot that are still sticking out saying, I'm not going to I'm not going to take it no matter what you do. You're going to have to fire me. Um, All the officers that I'm in that chat with are sticking to their guns and they're saying no. So is there an an intentional, uh, you know, ridding uh, the military of people who would do what's right? Absolutely. That is taking place. But there are hundreds and thousands of them that they would have to rid themselves of. And if they do successfully rid themselves of that, then they're on our side, if you want to call it side. So it doesn't really matter. And then ultimately, because of the Second Amendment, we have our guns to fall back on. But the reality is, I am learning so much about and, I, and I've been, I've been learning, this has been, this has been a process of, of knowing this for a few years, but now really seeing it in action. So much of what they do to us requires our consent. And if we just stop playing the, on their monopoly board and stop consenting, then they can't do anything to us. I mean, will they, like, will they shoot someone with a CIA heart attack gun? Yeah, they will. But the, the, at the top level, the players involved with this on the nefarious side, the ones promoting this agenda 21 agenda 2030 thing that's happening right now. Um, they know at the, at the highest level that if they infringe upon our free will, 
they accumulate massive amounts of karmic debt. They know that. And it's obvious that they know that, which is why everything that they're doing, they trick us into consenting because we're afraid or we think that the government grants us our freedoms for some reason. The government doesn't grant us any freedoms. The government grants us privileges and benefits, which is completely different. Freedom is inherent to our being by virtue of existing. And that's what we all need to realize right now is that so much of this, we are tricking ourselves or they are tricking us into giving away or covering up our freedom that is always present. As long as you don't commit a trespass against another person or another organization or another entity, then you are lawfully correct and you are free. You do not need to plead with the government. You do not need to ask permission from the government. You don't need to petition the government to change. It's not going to change. It is bought out on all sides of the spectrum. What we need to do is understand individually that right now we are free, stand as freedom right now and unite with other people and empower them to understand the same and then start forming local communities that operate self-sufficiently outside of the system. Start growing your own food, start pulling teachers out of the school system to teach in local homeschool co-ops, start doing community gardens, start, you know, bartering and trading with people again, start learning to hunt again. That's what we need to be doing anyway. Um, make yourself self-sufficient and self-reliable that you don't even need the system. The system is giving us an opportunity right now because it's intentionally crashing itself and ushering in a new system of technocratic, plutocratic enslavement. And it's giving us an out right now. And this is the out, but it requires us to understand first and foremost that we are free right now and start acting upon it. I love that. And I, I agree with that because I've been going down the law rabbit hole quite a bit. And you were talking about the law for mankind course. And that's something that I got um, passed on to from um, who gave that to me, Josh. Oh yeah. Josh Del Sol. Yeah. So yeah. he's awesome. And he's always, you know, into something looking for solutions. And, you know, when I had Cal Washington on, he's always wonderful guest to have on. He's like, you know, what's happening here is, is always this war between good and evil. And in the Bible, it talks about how uh, the Prince of Darkness, Satan basically rules this land and he is allowed to deceive. And mm -hmm. if you fall for that deception and harm yourself, well, then that's on you. Right. Um, but you can know the truth. And if you know the truth that you get your rights from the creator, God gave to dominion uh, to land, air and water to man. Um, and then man created government to administer the rights of our property. And what's happened is the government's kind of usurped that where they've hidden some things and made us afraid of them rather than calling them public servants. You serve me. Yes. You are supposed to help me. You know, it's like, imagine going to a restaurant and someone's like, I don't know, making you cook the food and chop up the things and yelling at you because you're not doing it good enough. And right. You've agreed to that. And that's, I don't know, a stupid analogy of essentially what's going on. But, it's where... the same, but it is that it really is that they, they have tricked us into thinking that we should be afraid of them, that they, you know, that we bow down to what they say and tell us to do. And that's not the case whatsoever. As long as you're not committing a trespass against another person, organization, or entity, then you are fully within the right lawfully, right? Like lawfully correct. And you have to understand that right now you are free. You don't need to ask the government for permission. You don't need to petition it to change. It's not fucking going to, it's a waste of energy. You need to start creating local communities outside of the system.
Yeah, absolutely. And that this is where it's pushing us towards solutions because that way of life anyway is fantastic. When you understand the food and what's going on in our bigger systems and what we're participating in, uh, it's pretty terrible. And, and, you know, in the Bible, it also talk about how you can't worship two ma- masters. You can't worship mammon and, and the creator of God. And, you know, to me, it's also the material realm, right? You have to go beyond the material, material realm into the spiritual realm. We do, we do need food, water, and shelter su- to survive. And we can do that, but it might require us letting go of something within the system or matrix where we weren't benefiting. So, you know, my, my partner, she's a kindergarten teacher and, you know, she's amazing at it and helps a lot of kids. But now, as I've told her for years, I was like, look, it's great that you're a kindergarten teacher, but you are like a nice cookie before you get brainwashed by the next things. You're making them think that it's nice and safe and you help them for that period of time and do a wonderful job. However, your boss and your employer, the function of it is indoctrination. And you can see that now with the teenagers coming out and what's going on. You're just like, you know, the ridiculous stuff that they're putting into the education and uh, full on satanic agendas and so confusing and you know i've had a couple of the people on the law summit say you know if your kids are in public education you don't love them and i was like that's that's, it's pretty rough but at the same time for me i'm like i i knew i would never put my child in public education before all this i was like it's not gonna happen so what you know people are like oh well i can't do that i work two jobs or whatever well then there's no faith in or or um understanding of consciously creating your life Cause that yeah. will require faith that will require you to believe in something greater than yourself that you are attached to that will support you. That is benevolent, but you will also have to let go of a lot of things, a lot of comforts, a lot of securities, a lot of, um, uh, quote unquote guarantees from this systems offering, which is going to get worse and worse. So, you know, when we start to consciously architect our life, it's like, okay, well, how do you start creator? Please show me a way to be able to provide a quality education for my kids and put food, water, shelter on the table. Maybe you could sell the house that you have. That's worth tons of money, get something a bit smaller and a beautiful, there's all, there's all anyone I've ever talked to, especially one-on-one with my coaching and all these different stuff. There's always a solution, but it starts with that prayer and that, you know, what's most important to you for me, my daughter and her education, the quality of life, my family experiences, and I'm unwilling to participate in evil. I'm just not mm. going to do it. So whether that's mm-hmm. my job and I just do this job for this thing and it doesn't contribute anything to community, but I make lots of money. So I'm going to do it right. That's also soulless. I understand why uh. people do it and I'm not trying to knock it for making a living because we do need to do that. But there is an opportunity for us right now to upgrade and say, okay, show me a way right? To provide for my family in a way that contributes to my community. It starts with that question. It might not happen the next day and it probably won't, but a year later, if you honestly intend and put your will toward it, you'll be in a totally different scenario or you'll be in that same scenario as like a guide to other people because something will have happened for you to know you're supposed to be there in some sort of way. So you want to comment on that? Cause it probably just rant for Yeah. I mean, dude, it's, it's just all about trust. Cause I mean, I could have very easily when I got out of the army, gone with my initial plan and gone back to school to be a physical therapist, or I could be an engineer right now. Right. But I know that that's not going to fulfill me. And it's also just another cog in the wheel in the system of uh, economic enslavement. And I refuse to participate in that. Right. I know that the system is intentionally crashing itself right now. And it's going to be pretty scary and challenging for a lot of people without question. I want to validate like anyone listening to this, like, well, I have four kids 
and my job provides for them. You're saying I just need to give it up. No, I'm not saying you need to just give it up, but I'm saying that like it's getting to a point where the system is going to continue to go this way. We already see New York is willing to lose 70,000 healthcare workers in the middle of a so-called pandemic, and they were the epicenter. They're, they're fully okay with losing 70,000 of their workforce. That's nearly one in five of their people. They're okay with that, meaning that they're going to intentionally do this regardless of the consequences because the system is crashing itself. So what I'm saying is you need to take a good look at your life and what you're standing for and where you're willing to make sacrifices or not. Because ultimately, if you choose to go down the path of, of what brings you the most joy and love and not supporting that system, you will find a way. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to be doing eight months ago when I was like, all right, I'm getting out of the army here pretty soon in, in two months time or whatever. Uh, what am I going to do? I'm like, I don't know, but I know that I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing right now because this is the path for me. And do I make a lot of money doing it? No. Do I make enough to provide for my family? Yes, absolutely. And I'm fulfilled because I'm doing something that I love and I'm empowering other people. And that's what matters the most. I'm helping people turn back to themselves and understand that they are free. I'm helping people unite with their communities. Our Health Freedom for Humanity California chapter has 11 subchapters that are pulling people out of the school systems, pulling people out of the healthcare systems to start laying the foundation for the new system that all of us are building together. And that's what's happening right now. So each of you just needs to take a look at yourself and look at your own life and your own individual circumstances and determine whether like, okay, I'm going to ride this out for another few months, as long as this system will allow me to sort of toe the line and have one foot in the door, one foot out. Or maybe it's time for me to go do what I love and just make it work. And it will, it will work. The system is crashing and we are the ones that are forming the new systems. Yeah. I love all that. And I, and I agree. I feel like, you know, you're either going to make the choice to participate in this system. And uh, you know, I was pretty saddened because I had two friends, one for sure. I, I didn't think was going to touch it. I thought it was like wise enough and, you know, just bowed, bowed the knee and got both. And I was like, man, like that one really disheartened me. And another buddy who I kind of figured would and, and did, and it just, it was really disheartening, but I told him, I was like, buddy, you realize it's not going to just be two, right? Like, you know, it's, it's going to, you have to now continually willingly participate in this and it's going to get worse. So there's either going to come a time now or later where you realize, whoa, I can't participate in that. And it's going to be a lot rougher right, exactly. to make those choices. It's just like um, health, right? Like I could go and uh, drink beer all day, every day and eat crappy food um, and then do that for a couple of years or maybe less, depending on how hard I go. And then the body will go, Hey buddy, guess what? This is very wrong. And something bad will happen. Um, cause I didn't correct that behavior. And so, or I could make that free will choice to be like, you know what? I need to stop because yeah. all of a sudden these patterns aren't good. This is trending worse. So what can I do about it? It's going to be easier than having either the creator do that for you or the environment, which you can no longer participate in. And one of the ideas on the bigger scale of this, the spiritual war or this um, place that we're in, it's like selling your soul and compromising it. These little incremental uh, selling of, of that, that voice inside that says right and wrong. So, you know, yeah. ah, this, this isn't really right, but it's not so wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm just pushing the button on the drone and, uh, you know, and shooting the person. I'm not actually shooting them, but you could take that mm. back a step and you say, oh, well, I'm not the one that's, uh, you know, 
uh, spraying the crops with all this crap. I'm just selling the stuff that you know poisons the food, and I'm I'm just in this. I'm just in the line to that prov- plausible deniability for everyone when everyone knows intuitively that this is wrong, which is exactly why I'm continually trying to turn people back to their own observations, experiences, and intuition. Because when people do that, you find 99 times out of 100 that they know okay, something is not right with what's going on. Like something is not right here and I can no longer support this. Yeah, and the beautiful thing about this is what you're saying about these alternative sister systems. You know, Buckminster Fuller says, you don't, uh, bu- you don't change the world by fighting the old, you do by building the new. Um, all these people who are doing this are very helpful, cooperative, authentic. Yeah. They have an integrity. They have compassion because they're standing up for what is right. And from what we're learning about the law in this universe is it does seem like the evil people cannot infringe on free will because there are a lot of this fear tactic and things like that. But it does seem like, okay, we've got all these great people. We're going to find a solution and we're going to make sure everybody's taken care of. And most of these people are down with, you know, living with a lot less um, to do the right thing. And so we'll build it up together. So those types of people are very helpful, very cooperative, very supportive. And you're going to grow as an individual, but ultimately it's that, that right and wrong in your, your heart and your soul. And, you know, I was like, is this wrong? Am I, do I still want to participate in this? Right. And so for, for my you know partner, I feel like she's like, I, I was like, well, I asked her, I was like, yeah, it's a big switch, but do you want to participate in this? anymore you know masking kids each day i was like you know i told her she didn't like it but i was like you if you don't stand up for the kids are a part of the problem you, you know what, what if you are doing that you have to stand up for them that it's all this uh you know like the world war ii stuff where they said just following orders well yes, you know dude. you gotta go you, go do something else and create a solution because that is now changed right and so it's assessing that and recognizing it and grieving it and doing whatever you got to do to say, okay, then, then that leap of faith happens, right? You can't, you know, go from this ledge to the other ledge and jump for the leap of faith and have your toe still over here. Right. Yes, and that's the, yeah. once you're in the void, right. And that's where a spirit can do its thing. When you're in the void of falling, you know, Oh God, like, please don't let me fall to my death and make it all be horrible. And uh, you know, it'll get you to the other side, but it'll be you with the creator. Right. And it has to be that way. There is, I've never seen anybody do it. Not that way. And it's, uh, you know, it's interesting because like, I think justifiably so people can think it's scary on the individual level. Like, wow, like I, like you're telling me to take this leap of faith. I don't see anyone around me doing it, but the reality is the more that each of us individually start taking the steps to do that. Like even me or you speaking out, we, we create the conditions for other people to be empowered to speak as well, who may not have, had they not come across our pages. Right. Um, it's the same thing. When someone takes individual action, other people are more willing to do it. It's kind of like throughout the pandemic, when I walk into a store without a mask on and I have a shirt that says like love on it or something like that. So I'm always approaching things in a kind way. Other people see and they're like me too. And they rip the mask off or like vice versa. Right. It's always that effect. You just have to be willing to take the leap of faith. And then like the, the reality is there are so many more people that are willing to stand up than, than you realize. Like you just have to take that initial leap of faith and unite with other people who are doing the same thing as you. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I feel like in that thing, you know, when you talk about vibrations and all this kind of stuff and um, some of that I like, some of it I feel like is a little bit misleading. But my thought is for you to find that tribe, you need to be at first. Right. Mm -hmm. If otherwise everybody has to take the leap of faith because if it was guaranteed. So you say, Oh, I've got a 
quit my job that has this, but I know it's wrong. It's like, it's like, oh, well, and then you get this voice from God with creator says, well, don't worry. Cause I'm going to make sure you make 50,000 bucks a month in six months time, you know, doing your life purpose. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So just go ahead and do that. It doesn't work like that because we're in this realm of mystery. We don't know. Yeah. Right. You know, as, as somebody who pursues the truth, which I know you do and is always looking for solutions, all we can do is participate to the best of our ability. And when new yeah. information arises, that's a better solution. That's a better information. We adapt with that and we go with that because our pursuit is the truth. Our pursuit is to help. Our intention is to do, uh, you know, well and, and participate in the solutions for everyone to include everyone and to be guided mm -hmm. in a certain way. And it's a simple philosophy, but can be very hard to execute. If you're looking for a certain return, doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you can't, you won't be provided for because you can ask for that. Um, but you can always intend that. And that's what you can know each and every day. Say, look, this is how I provide for my family. Now show me a way to do anything else that provides more value for other people. And my family's provided for that's where you start, but it's not just one and it's given it's, it's the pursuit of that. And I feel like you'll yeah. be led setting intention every day, dude. That's like one of the most important things. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing two months from now. I have literally no idea, but I'm setting my intention every day and asking the creator, asking God, universe, however you want to call it. Um, for me, I ask God, ask God how I can best serve God. That's it. Every single day. And then go with that. And then I've, it hasn't failed me so far. That yeah, and that's massive. And bro, I do the exact same thing. So it's awesome that you're doing the same thing. And I and I and I'll do that, you know, in in that sentence, and I'll do it in other sentences, you know, just show me how to live in alignment with creation. I use more creator from my indigenous teachings, but it's God or creator. But and then that's the whole I'll just bring this up because it's, it's it's shitty to bring up, but let's bring it up. You know, every time you learn something new thing, they'll say, Oh, well, they distorted this word and this is what it means. And so this is where I said, you know, when we we're having a discussion before the call about some certain things all we can know for sure is our intent, right? Yeah. If, cause we, if we had a good intention and we were learning from someone and we got deceived or we did something we thought was good, but we were really intending to do good and we got deceived. And that's why we need to put our intent to, uh, you know, to helping. And, and that, that can't be um, distorted, but only we know that even if we did, if we were misled, if we said the wrong thing, if, you know, if, but if we're intending to connect with all that's good and right and compassionate and keep thinking that and intending that and acting on that, we're going to be led. So it's not so much like the perfect process, right? The perfect breath work or the perfect God or the perfect religion or the perfect thing. It's just like, well, what is your path to the greater spirit, God, nature, the universe, and however you describe that. Um, but it does seem like there is something greater here and that I'm a part of that mystery, but I can feel within me the spark or the essence or the life and whatever is giving me that, you know, I want to honor that and I want to be yeah. in harmony with the greater thing. So that intention, I feel like is really, if that's the only thing you have, that's enough. Yes, dude, 100%. Like, and you know, this goes in for me, goes into the whole conversation about controlled op, like controlled opposition. Cause like people will highlight someone as controlled opposition. Cause they said something wrong. Like I've been called controlled opposition and someone tried to say like my family's entire story was faked. I was like, it's crazy, but dude, I always say that you can, each of us has the power to energetically discern whether someone's intentions are actually in the right place or not. I think we all have that power or maybe, you know, you and I are, are in disagreement on whether this person's intentions are in the right place, but that's the whole point, man, is that we're 
individually expressing as best we can. And as long as we can respect that each of us has differences in our perceptions and the way we perceive things and the way we, you know, express and think about things, but can respect and live in a symbiotic fashion, regardless of that. That's the whole point of all of this. That is the whole entire point for each of us to find our own individual path, get as close as we can with the creator within us and respect others path to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And the whole controlled op thing is a bit of a bummer because the second somebody, you know, accuses someone of that. And I, I found that out in the law summit, I was like, Oh, this person. But then I started to kind of look and say, okay, like listen to their tone of voice. Uh, what is their work? What is their way of life? Right. And take in all of that information. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the formula for truth where like, you know, you know, like Jordan Peterson, for example, be like, oh, he's controlled up. And I look at the Marxism in 2030 stuff. I was like, well, I can agree with what he says here. And I don't agree when he says get two shots. Now, could he been put in an influential position to do that? Yeah, but I can still agree with what he said here. And I don't agree with that. Now, does that make him that forever? Maybe it does, but I'm still, if he says something I agree with, then great. And if he starts to trend positively again, and what I align with, what he does, maybe I'll give him more, um, uh, energy and insight but i want to look for the most congruent people who are constantly doing what's good and you know like you know david martin for me looking at his someone's like put in and he's controlled off and i looked i was like well that doesn't really line up from what he's done and what i've seen i agree it could be it could be true i don't think so but like going to papua new guinea and working on the genocide you know uh preventing the prince of Liechtenstein from patenting basmati rice so somebody sent me this big document i was like from what i could see him do and and how he's played out his life from what i could see and and the tone and everything i don't see that right that doesn't you know it's interesting too because a lot of people have been saying that he is controlled opposition because i know he's been on your show several times but because he's always talking about this from a germ theory perspective but recently he switched his position and someone asked him straight up like do you is there a novel virus and he was like no and so he is straight up saying that there is no a virus that has been isolated purified characterized and sequenced he has completely switches from position from my understanding which is cool because that shows he's adapting and learning too so people have the tendency to like find one thing that they disagree with in a person or one you know hole in a person's ideology or perceptions and be like oh Yep. I knew it. He's controlled opposition. Like you throw everything else that he says aside, anything else he says thereafter, you shouldn't consider it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that, and that's the issue. And, and I had, uh, uh, Dr. Tom Campbell on one of the leading guys in simulation theory. And he just talked about when you're learning something, the same thing, like, well, you hear something and okay, consider it. And if you hear it again and get again, you get more and more and more evidence. Well, then it becomes much more likely. Right. And so if you see more and more and more, and if something's so grand, right, like for me, it's the vaccine thing, you know what I mean? And so, you know, Mm -hmm. Abraham Hicks is one of those spiritual people and someone sent me a clip of like endorsing it. So I was like, oh, well, whoever you're quote unquote connected to may not be giving you great information. And so it kind of dirties a little bit of the previous stuff, but it doesn't mean I'm going to throw it all. It's like, I liked this. I've seen that Mm -hmm. work in my own life, right? I've seen this work in my own life. Okay. But, uh, you know, if it's a hard turn for me, I'm like, well, maybe I'm not going to choose you as my, you know, go-to information source. Where am yeah. I, where am I gravitating to? What's, what's most important to learn? You know, who has got a little bit stronger discernment, um, you know, that I resonate with and we can only like, uh, grow, but it's like, okay, you know, um, yeah, you don't, I've seen that with a, a few people on there. It's like one thing, like Dr. Dolores Cahill, that was another person is like, oh, well, she believes in germ theory. Yeah. 
because she's a virologist. It doesn't mean all the other stuff, you know, may, she just, she just bought it. That's her whole thing. Right. And, and like, but all the, all the freedom stuff and all these other things, right. Maybe, you know, maybe she's still not evil. Cause that's what she believed. My brother, my, all my of us have conditioning. Energy, you know? All of us have yeah. conditioning to break through on some level. Like there's so many people who are being framed as that in this space. And like, there is some truth to it. Probably. Do I know for certain that any of them, any one of those people that I have in mind are no, I don't, but I always look at like the fruits of their labor. Right. And I look at someone like Dolores Cahill or someone like David Martin or other ones. Another one is Del Big Tree. Um, people say that he's controlled opposition. I look at the fruits of their labor and I'm like, okay, if they are controlled opposition and I understand the whole communist ideology, you subvert the movement and lead it astray intentionally. Like I don't see them doing that. <laughs> I see them waking people up pretty effectively, at least like the initial step on the path to wake people up, getting all the way to you know, I guess I would say germs versus terrain theory and how viruses don't even exist, even above that, which I would say is German new medicine. But the point is they are a stepping stone and an effective stepping stone to lead people to the side of, ah, maybe I should look into this a little bit more. Ah, this is weird. This isn't what the mainstream said. They provide that effective stepping stone. And I don't see how they could be controlled opposition. That's kind of my thought too. And if they are, and it gets to the point of, of them coming out with it, it'll be so obvious. Right. And then, cause they'll, then they'll have to make the point where they try to steer it. And you're like, Oh man. I was like, you know, and that's what one of the techniques you do in, in hypnosis is 90% truth or the, you know what I mean? You give 90% truth, 95 even. And then they're hook, line and sinker, but we're at a point now where there's so much information where they then try to lead from whatever they're caught. You, we saw that in uh, you know, the political game. I'm not, I hate politics, but this year's kind of got me into it. So looking at the elections and stuff, and then you see all the Republicans that switched and I was like, Oh, well that's, dishonest you should be asking that question because if you look mm -hmm. at the canadian parliament this is why i never did it it's just especially when you look at law it's so corrupt no one is answering yeah. a question you're like obviously you're corrupt obviously you're corrupt it, it's just so obvious then you yeah. got a couple you're like oh you guys are good and then boom they'll do a corrupt thing and you're like okay you were not good <laughs> right is so you just totally shot yourself in the foot it's like well okay you need to be removed and you need to be questioned um and so it'll just become very very obvious so yeah it's yeah a, like if one of them all of a sudden says you know the data is clear like the vaccine is good i'm gonna be like okay like you were misleading yeah. everyone the whole time and getting them on yeah exactly yeah, right so then we would it would be it would be obvious but it's it's our individual uh pursuit for truth so that's another mm -hmm. thing out there that's kind of a bummer uh, man this has been great i want to honor your time um is there anything that you wish that we had talked about or that you want to speak of before we uh, close this out one that's lingering on my mind because i think this is so important for people to understand is uh the the fraud of virology and the only question you need to ask any virologist and I've done it several times, as has Andy Kaufman, Tom Cowan, Dr. Bear Londo, and several others, is ask a virologist to provide you one single paper in which a virus was isolated, purified, characterized, and sequenced directly, emphasis on directly, from the fluids of a sick host. It has never, ever, ever been done. And the reason they say it can't be done is because they say the virus is too weak to isolate, purify, characterize, and sequence from the fluids. And in the same breath, they say that this virus can tr freely travel through the air, make it all the way to your body, get all the way to a cell, break into the cell, 
hijack the cell's machinery and began a, begin a replication process. They say that in one breath and then the other breath, they say the reason that the virus cannot be isolated, purified, characterized and sequenced is because it's too weak. The point is virology is a fraudulent science. Do I think all virologists are in on it? Absolutely not. It's just how we were accepted to, or conditioned to accept some things as truth growing up that turned out to be false. We would never, we would have never questioned them had we not had an experience. And because we are, we are taught to accept them as a fundamental truth. It's the same thing with virologists. They've been taught to accept the cell culture method as a fundamental truth. When in reality, it is pseudoscientific. Pseudoscience is anything that does not follow the scientific method. Virology by definition is pseudoscientific because pseudo, they do not have proper control experiments and they've never validated their foundational claims. I know that went off on a whole complete separate thing that could be a whole other <laughs> conversation, but that is the most important thing I think that people need to understand right now is that the evidence for virology at the very foundation is pseudoscientific. They've never validated their foundational claims. They've never been able to find a virus in the fluids of a sick person like they say uh, they presuppose is the case. Yeah, that's a. I remember getting into that. It's an interesting one, and you can work at the look at the work of Dr. S uh, Stefan Lanka, right? And Dr. Thomas Cowan um, was on there, you know, and uh, you know he kind of explains how they do it, and you're like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Like that's not isolated, you know, in a way that would. Do I have a minute? I can explain that in layman's terms very oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are they, so what are they saying? So it right comes from the cell, and the cell creates an exosome, yeah. and then they're saying that's the virus, but it always comes from within the body, and that's my understanding of it. So exactly. So I'm going to use an analogy that Tom Cowan used in his book Contagion Myth. I've been using this in a lot of speeches lately, and it's been really effective. So if I were to try to prove that a ping pong ball could break down a brick wall. I would need to observe that ping pong ball having action and breaking down that brick wall. That's a logical thing, right? If I were to hypothesize that to be the case. So if I took a giant hammer and smashed the brick wall several times, and then I taped the ping pong ball to a giant boulder and threw it at the wall and the wall broke down, have I proven that the ping pong ball broke down the brick wall? Absolutely not. Because I did <laughs> everything that I did there uh, did to add to the, to the ping pong ball, right? And to weaken the brick wall before so the way virologists currently prove that a virus is a pathogenic disease causing agent is the following. They take snot that is unfiltered. Sometimes they'll put it in a centrifuge to separate the, the fibers from the liquids. And then there's what they say they presuppose is a virus is left over in the liquids. But for the most part, it's unfiltered snot that has millions of RNA, DNA, proteins, toxins, food particles, red blood cells, white blood cells. They take this unfiltered snot and put it on a monkey kidney cell called a Vero cell culture. They also put amphotericin or gentamicin, which are cytotoxic to kidney cells. All you have to do is look up amphotericin toxic kidneys or gentamicin toxic kidneys, and you'll find hundreds of articles on how they're toxic to kidney cells. So they put that on the kidney cell as well, along with this unfiltered snot. Dilbeco's modified eagle medium and fetal bovine serum, which they say are food sources for the cell. So they're putting all of these things onto this monkey kidney cell, effectively starving and poisoning it. The cell breaks down into a bunch of fragments. They take pictures of the fragments with electron micrograph imagery and say that those are viruses. That is how they prove a virus to exist and prove that it is a pathogenic disease causing agent. Going back to the ping pong ball analogy, it's like the ping pong ball is smashing down the brick wall according to their methods, but it has never been proven to do so. They have never taken a virus, extracted it from the fluids via centrifugation, filtration, and maceration. They've never done that. They've never taken an isolated virus and observed it to have an effect on a sick host. They've never even isolated a virus 
from the fluids of a sick host. So even the ping pong ball analogy is flawed because they've never even been able to find the ping pong ball present in the initial parts of the experiment. It's all predicated on what happens in the cell culture. They've never, ever, ever, ever found the virus, found it in the fluids of a sick host. It's never been photographed there. All photographs of a virus come from the experiment that I just described. Wow. Well, that's a great explanation. You know, the way I, I looked at a presentation, um, can't remember who's, but I really liked it. Oh, Dr. Tim O'Shea. And that, mm. and I just, you know, he, he basically was saying it comes from within the body. I like the apple analogy. It's not like stuff is coming out to come get you, right? It comes no. from within the body. And so when we're talking about, so like when they talk about, well, what about the flu and, uh, or the other, um, like when people get, what was that? What was it? Spanish flu or something like that? It was the, flu. the environment, right? That they were all sick and going and what the heck was the deal with that? Well, so with, with the Spanish flu, <laughs> this is interesting too. They tried to prove contagion multiple times. So the Boston Public Health Institute during the Spanish flu did a bunch of studies where they had people who they deemed to be sick with the Spanish flu, open mouth cough for 10 minutes into healthy people, or they extracted fluids from those sick people and injected them into healthy people, and they could not replicate symptoms of disease. It could not be done. So contagion has never been scientifically validated. But what happened with the Spanish flu, from my understanding, is there's increased, increased electrification of the earth, because that was the first time that radio waves had blanketed the earth. So anytime the earth is like there's an increased electrification or a change in electrification of the earth, human beings have to adapt. It's all environmental, internal and external environment, right? So if we look at like the cell culture experiment, right? When we're taking amphotericin and gentamicin and putting it on that kidney cell with the unfiltered snot, all of these things going into the cell culture, the cell is being starved and poisoned. And what happens? It breaks down into a bunch of fragments that look like viruses, so viruses are the byproduct of a cell that is in a diseased state. They are, viruses are cellular debris, cellular debris, viruses, exosomes, extracellular vesicles, whatever you want to call them. They're purely the response to our body being poisoned or us having malnutrition. That is it. That is what viruses are. They're not a pathogenic disease causing agent. And they have never been proven to be so ever. It has never been done. There we go. That's what I wanted. Yeah, that's explained it even better than I could. So I like that. And I saw one of the studies, right? There's going around four studies that prove, uh, you know, viruses are nonsense. And one of them was like when someone's sick, right? They take, they go in their nose and they plant it in someone else's nose. And, you know, only like it wasn't a hundred percent. It was like a very small percentage. And this goes back to the simplicity of terrain theory being like, if your body is healthy, if you have the right food, if you're not toxic, um, then you're going to be able to fight off whatever's going on in your environment you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and the body's going to do what it's made to do. Otherwise, if you have this intent from Rockefeller medicine to hijack medicine and the education systems and everything else to sell pharmaceuticals and create a trillion dollar business, well, now you have an agenda, right? But you're also going through that indoctrination system. And if you even look at, you know, when I studied with the indigenous people, it takes one or two generations to wipe out a lot of history to install mm -hmm. a whole new mindset. So, um, you know, it's not that, um, difficult to believe. And a lot of these things are so fundamentally flawed that really have us forgetting who we are, what we're capable of, yes. what's actually going on here. So we can be led by the manipulators. And that's really the root of it is our education. So coming back to what's true, um, observable, um, having open dialogue, freedom of speech, which is now almost a thing of the past, which is friggin' horrible. Um, but you know, those who are Crazy. looking for solutions, I think we'll find it. So 
Um, I appreciate you brother and everything that you're doing. So I don't know if you're on Instagram or where people should find you to be there shortly. So where, where should people uh, find you and keep in touch? Yeah. So I am on Instagram right now. This is funny because several episodes of podcasts I've been on, I'll say my Instagram name. And then like a week later, it's gone when the podcast comes out. So um, for now you can find me, let's just do telegram. So t.me forward slash the way forward and forward is spelled F W R D. So forward slash the way forward and forward is spelled F W R D. That's the easiest way to find me or Twitter. Haven't been deleted from there somehow. So you can find me on Twitter, Alec underscore Zek. And so that's A L E C underscore Z E C K. Um, yeah, that's the best place to find me right now. Awesome, man. Well, this was a, a pleasure. I appreciate you and everything you're doing and uh, look forward to building some more solutions with you as things progress. Much love, brother. Thank you so much, Matt. My pleasure. Thanks guys for watching. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Alec Zek. I hope that you enjoyed that show. And if you did, please share this episode with your friends in chats and emails on your blogs, on your social media, wherever you can to get the word out because censorship is absolutely insane. As you just listened to, um, I appreciate you and all your support. For those who supported me on Patreon, that is now gone. So if you want to go to mattbelair.com and uh, join the membership by donation or for free, if you need that, um, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com and I'll send you a link, but uh, sharing and support and reviews are all very helpful. If you're interested in leveling up and you really truly want to live your life purpose, you want to know who you are, strengthen your connection with the creator, overcome limiting beliefs and blocks, check out either the Soul Compass course, the Quantum Heart Hypnosis uh, Meditation Series, which is incredibly powerful, or the Atomic Alchemy Coaching Group. All of that can be accessed at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching to give you the tools and supports you need to really live an extraordinary life by your own design and so uh that's it uh thank you to my sponsor the good inside if you go to the goodinside.com forward slash matt b you can get a bottle of heavy metal detox for 50 dollars off so it's just 13 bucks and it's a fantastic product to um, get out and detox from heavy metals on an easy and consistent basis um so that's it i appreciate you guys and uh you know we'll see you in the next episode so before we close this out let's just come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, faith, courage, empowerment, connection, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.